Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. worship Jesus. Come on, lift him up. Come on, if that be for the band, that'd be all right, but this is for Jesus this morning. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. We worship you, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, the greatest. Lord, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you today. Hey, I want you to do this real quick. As, before you take a seat today, I want you to grab, there's, as, you, as you did sit down, there was a, an Easter invite card. I want you to grab that real quick and and I just want you to hold it up in the air. We, we want to pray over this invite card. Hey, this week, we, we want to challenge you to invite somebody. And you don't have to wait to Easter to invite somebody, but, but we're trying to put some tools and resources in, in your hands to, to, to help bring Jesus to people. Amen? And we just believe that as, as we have these invite cards, Easter's a few weeks out, and we believe... We, we could put like 50 cards in your hands and like and, and not be effective, but we believe if we put one in your hand each week that God could begin to speak to you and use you. God, who would you have me to give this to this week? Or, or God, just lay it on my heart and, and as you do, God, I will, I will give it. And uh, maybe you carry it in your purse or your wallet or, or, or wherever it may be in your car so you're always ready to have it. But we just want you to take this one card today and I wanna pray over it before we even get going. That, that God would speak to you, and, and, and this wouldn't just be an invite card, but this would be somebody's eternity attached to this. There, there's nothing powerful about this invite card. What's powerful is the message that comes along with it, and that is hope, and his name is Jesus. That, that's, that's, that's what it's about. And so, and so this morning, I just want us to pray. God may be laying somebody's name on your heart or some people on your heart already. We want to pray for them. And so, God, I pray, Lord, as, as we have these invite cards for Easter, Lord, it's a time where, where people will go to church any other time they will come to church on Easter. Whether it's a religious thing, God, whether it's just out of duty, but God, I, they will come to church on Easter. Maybe they feel like they're supposed to. I don't know. But what I do know is that there is a life-changing message through your son, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for every invite card that's handed out this week, that you would lay in on our hearts, God, that you would do something inside of us and that we would begin to, we would hand it to somebody, Lord, there's somebody's name, there's somebody's eternity, there's somebody's life that's going to be changed because we stepped out in faith and gave them this card and said, here, we want, there's hope for you out from these ashes, hope will arise and it may look bad right now, but it won't be bad forever. And so God, I pray that you would, Lord, the name that's attached to this card, Lord, I pray that you would that you would prepare the hearts of the person, Lord, that gets this card. Lord, prepare their heart ready to receive. Lord, to them it may just be another invite to Easter, but God, we know that, that you're doing something inside of them, preparing a way for them to receive your son, Jesus. So God, I pray that you would use us. Everybody say, use me. Use us, Jesus, to make a difference. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap one more time as you take a seat this morning. So good, so good, man. I, 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 I'm amped today, y'all. 
I've had like 18 cups of coffee. Um, I am um, I am amped up and ready to go. So I hope you um, you're okay. Hope you're good to go. All right. And so, hey, if you'll help me out, um, you may be new here or a guest. I just want you to know that that we are a participatory type of church, all right? So we believe that church should be enjoyed and not endured, and it's okay to holla back at your boy just a little bit, okay? So if if you like something, it's cool to say, come on now. If, if, you, if you don't like something, just go, mm-hmm, it's okay. Just, just make me feel good, it's all right. But, but we're gonna have a good time today. We're gonna laugh. We're gonna believe that God's gonna do something in our lives and our hearts. And so we're in this series that we started a couple weeks ago called Tag a Friend. Could you say that with me? Can you say Tag a Friend? Yeah, we, 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 we labeled it this or, or named it this Tag a Friend because this is why. Because we, we believe that, that we need to, to learn or, or help discover your story so that you can share Jesus with others. In fact, it's crazy because even today, uh, while we were in, in the middle of worship, we've already put out like three, four rows today uh, so, so, they, so we can make some room for what God's doing. God's doing some great things uh, in this place. Man, I love what God is doing, but, but we wanna help you share your faith with others, and that's why we do things like invite cards to, to help put the tools and the resources in your hands so that you can be effective for Jesus. I don't know about you, but have you ever been to an office or, or a job and they said, here, do something, but they never gave you the tools or the resources to actually make it happen? Here, build a house, but I'm not gonna give you a hammer or nails or the know-how to build the house, right? And so uh, we wanna put those tools in your hands. Get this, uh, first week we talked about this, but, but 53% of people are not walking into a church at all. 53%, so what are we gonna do about it? Right? I mean, I think far too long the church as a whole has, has expected the lost to come to us. But can I tell you it's time that we go out to the lost, that, that they are waiting for you and for me to walk to them, to take steps to them. Somebody should begin to shout right there. Like, like they're, 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 they're not coming. There's 53%. They're not coming in. So what are we going to do? We've got to go to them. And so we are. So this week, You've been seeing it, man. We're all wearing Hope Week shirts, man. We're excited about this week. This week's amazing. It's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be serving people all throughout this area. Man, we've got, we've got, we're gonna be feeding the teachers right here at Spillane on Thursday. Uh, 140, 150 faculty and staff right here. Come on, man, that's gonna be amazing. I'm telling you, it's gonna be so good. We're feeding teachers. We're gonna be uh, building bunk beds this week for uh, sleep in heavenly peace. Uh, we're, uh, I think that there's a, a gift basket going to, to boys and girls country. There's a, there's a baby shower that's happening for, uh, let me get this name right, for CareNet Pregnancy Center. Uh, we met with the director there uh, this week and, and we're going to be partnering with them beyond just Hope Week. Uh, but but this, is, this is an amazing organization and ministry that is, helps women uh, and, and in a time of crisis and a time of need. And so we're, we're gonna be doing a baby shower for them. Uh, it's gonna be so awesome. Uh, Mission of Yahweh we're partnering with this week and also uh, volunteering at the Houston Food Bank. And so uh, there may be some other stuff, but those are the ones that, that I know as of this morning. And so it's gonna be so awesome. Come on, come on. We're not waiting for them to come to us. We're gonna go to them, amen? Amen. And so, hey, th this is it. We believe that the local church is the hope of the world. 
We believe that the local church is the hope of the world. But if I can rephrase it just a little bit, I would say this. The local church mobilized is the hope of the world. It doesn't do us any good just to come on a Sunday and do nothing else on Monday. What does us good is when we mobilize, when we have the tools and the resources and the heart and the passion and the purpose to go make a difference Monday through Saturday. Yeah, we're gonna come on Sunday and we're gonna celebrate all that God's doing and and people are gonna give their life to Jesus and that's amazing, but what are we doing on Monday? And why do we have to wait till Sunday to do it all over again when church can be every day? Church can be every day. So, Man, I'm, I'm told you I'm amped today. Um, last week, we talked about how to live intentionally. If you weren't here last week or if you missed a couple, talked about how we are to be a servant and how we are to serve others and, and enter into their world, right? Stepping into their world, not them waiting on them to come into our world. No, we're gonna, we're gonna go and step into their world. And why would we do this? As we read this scripture in just a second, Paul said, because that's all about the message. It's all about this hope. It's all about Jesus. And so today's message, we're going to explore how to be intentional with everyone. Intentional with everyone. So I entitled the message, Everyone Matters. Everyone matters. In fact, when, they, when we were in the beginning stages of church planning and we were, uh, we were training, they said, they said there is no, there's no relationship, there's no one you come in contact with that is by accident. They said, always be suspicious of every relationship that happens. And so they taught us how to be intentional with everyone. And so uh, this anchor passage of scripture here in 1 Corinthians 9, this is what we've been reading every week. And so we will, we will start here and we will finish with John chapter 4. But 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23 says, if even though I am free, it's just Paul talking, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose-living immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. No, I, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just wanna talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Paul is saying this, everyone matters. I'll do whatever it takes so that I may win some. He had this this can-do, will-do attitude. Whatever it takes. I don't know about you, but I love people like this, this whatever-it-takes type of person or or this can-do, will-do type of person. There's going to be some obstacles in life. We get that. We know that. There's going to be some things that we're going to have to figure out how to to work out. But but Paul wasn't making excuses. He says, no, I'm going to go to them. I'm I'm going to enter into their world. I'm going to serve them because it's all about Jesus. I'm not going to make excuses but I'm gonna figure out a way around them or through them, but either way, we're gonna find a solution. How many like problem solvers? Come on, at work, like if you're you're a boss or you're a leader, you like problems, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions, right? Right, if you've got a problem, that's great, but what have you thought of to try and fix that? That was really good for some of you. Just gave some of you a raise this week, and so, I believe this is a really good picture of Jesus. 
willing to do whatever it takes. I think Jesus did whatever it takes or did whatever it took. God sent his only son Jesus to, to live on this earth, a perfect, a sinless life, and, and he would die for the sins of this world, for, for your sins and my sins and all the, all the bad things we may have done in our life. He died for that. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for Jesus this morning, that, that he, he went the distance. He, he did everything that was needed for you and for me so that we could have life and we could spend eternity with him in heaven. We don't have to spend a life separated from him, but we could spend eternity with him. I think he did whatever it takes. And so uh, I, I, I think to have this good perspective, we always have to look to Jesus. And, and here's what I know about Jesus is that he values people. Jesus values people. And in John chapter four here, we, we see Jesus is, is traveling from Judea to, uh, to, uh, to Galilee, but the Bible says that he had to stop in Samaria. It would kind of be like coming from Dallas to Houston, but you had to stop at Bucky's. Come on, somebody. Like, like, like you can't, you, you can't be a, a Christ follower. You can't be American and go from Dallas to Houston or Houston to Dallas and not stop at Bucky's. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like if my kids get in the car and they know we're going to Dallas to go see my folks, they know an hour and 15 minutes in, that it doesn't matter if you're hungry, it doesn't matter if you gotta go to the bathroom, it doesn't matter like, like if, if you're having a great time, if you're asleep, no, we are stopping at Mecca, at Bucky's. Come on, somebody. So Jesus, he... he he had to stop through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. And, and there's a lot of like Bible here that I don't have quite time to go through everything, but, but, but most Jews would go around Samaria because they didn't talk. Jews and Samaritans, they didn't talk. Samaritans was this, this, lower, this lower race. They were a, a mingled race. They, the, they, were, they were looked down upon. Jews were this, this elite, they had this elite status. And so, so they would never, they never would find themselves talking to this lower race. Ew, ew, gross, right? So they would never do that. So they would actually go around some, they would take the long way home just to avoid these people. Like some of you, how you avoid people at the grocery store? You go the long way to go back to the bread aisle just so you could avoid somebody? Oh, no, not, not you, I know, just, just, just us. And so, so, so he gets there to Samaria and, and Jesus, he sends his disciples off to, to go get some food. They go get some food and Jesus arrives at this well and, and he begins to have a conversation with a Samaritan woman. And it, it says this in verse nine, it says, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Talked about that. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? This doesn't happen, this is abnormal. And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I mean, the girl is talking to Jesus and doesn't even know it. But sir, 
You don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You're never gonna thirst again. And what we find is that Jesus is first finding a connection with this woman. He's finding common ground. What was this connection? What was this common ground? What was this, what was this thread that, that he could ha- have this, this conversation with? Well, it was water, right? It only made sense. He's at a well. She's at a well. There's water in this well. And so he uses this water that has been satisfying her but leaving her empty, saying, hey, but there's this living water that will rise up inside of you and you'll never be thirsty again. And she's kind of confused and and Jesus just kind of like reeling her in. Just like a good fisherman, right? Just like, come on, baby, come on. It's gonna be good, just hang on with me. This common ground's important because it will eventually allow you to earn the right to share Jesus with somebody. It's important in your conversations and in your relationships and and the people you come in contact with, that, that we would find some common ground. That we would find something that, that we can connect with and something we can talk about. And it, it may be, it may be uh, building cars. How many like building cars? Is anybody, anybody like to build cars? All right, awesome, two of you. It's amazing. And so uh, how, many, how many like to build stuff? Anybody like to build anything? Anybody? We have no craftsmen in this house, okay? Uh, we are in trouble. And so uh, how, how, many, how many of you like, uh, like to go to Lupe Tortilla? Come on, somebody. Pop a seat. All right, all right. All right, I knew, I knew I was in the right place. And so, you gotta find some, some common ground with people. Find, find that 1% you agree on and give it 100% of your attention. Find the 1% you can agree on, because there's a lot of things we can disagree on, right? And here, here's the funny thing, or the, the ouch thing, is as Christians, we sometimes do the opposite. We find the 1% we disagree on and we give it 100% of our efforts. There's like, like we can agree on nine things out of 10, but we'll find the one thing that rubs us raw. We'll find the one thing that we just inherently disagree with and we'll die on that sword and we'll lose that relationship. And we'll never get to give them Jesus or bring Jesus to them because we were so caught up on the one thing and we couldn't enjoy the other things. I remember I had a friend in high school and he had, he had been raised Catholic and we started inviting him to church and, and he ended up giving his life to Jesus and, and we were in band together. I was a band nerd, any band nerds? And so... Yeah, and so I was a band nurse, cool. Like, I'd play saxophone, and I was good at saxophone. I was like, right? And so uh, I, I love playing sax and all that stuff. But, but we, we went on a, 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 a trip, I think it was a band trip one time, and uh, he, had, he was listening to some music that I deemed unholy. Not the Lord, me. 
And um, I was like, you know what? He probably is not going to miss this CD. You know, some of you are like, what's it even a CD? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's called a compact disc, okay? And it's this like shiny little round thing um, that you used to be able to put in, in uh, like, a, uh, like a Walkman or, or uh, you know, something, you know. Um, your car may or may have one. I don't know. Uh, you could put that in. But uh, I, I was like, he's not going to miss this. And, and I took the CD. I crushed it. I broke it. I threw it away and didn't tell him because I was the Holy Spirit in that moment. God was using me, the Holy Anointed One, to break his stuff. Well, he found out that I broke his stuff, or his CD. And then his mom found out that I broke his CD. And she said, you will never go back to that church ever again. And it, this is, this is, it stuck with me today. I mean, this happened a long time ago, <laughs> but, but it still impacts me today because of my wrong actions. And I know that, that he had recently come to the Lord, but I, I want you to get this point. We need a greater desire to connect with lost people than to correct lost people. You're not the Holy Spirit, I'm not the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, it's my and your job to love. And we need a greater desire to connect with lost people, to find the common ground that we have with one another than to correct lost people. Let's love people. Let's love them. Let's love them and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in people's lives and instead of us trying to be and play the Holy Spirit. Man, it's something that we, we literally have, have set um, as a, we try our hardest to as a church when we started this thing, we were like, we are not going to be the Holy Spirit for other people. We're going to give people Jesus and we're going to love people to Jesus and we're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to do the work because when the Holy Spirit does the work and it's not well be doing the work, God can do a lot greater things through that than he can just by me. It's really good, Pastor. Can you keep on going? It's amazing. Okay. You and I are most like Jesus when we love people. That's the bottom line. So the conversation continues. Verse 15. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, this living water. It, it, man, it sounds amazing. Then I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. Or you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly said that right. Holla. <laughs> Jesus got her attention now. Hey, girl, go get your, go get your boo. Go get your boo thing. But, 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 and, yeah, I know. Come on. It's all right. It's all right. And so Jesus gets her attention. And here's the deal. That's what I want you to get. Once Jesus enters into your life, he doesn't want you to stay the same. When Jesus enters into your life, he doesn't want you to stay the same. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. The more you walk with Jesus, the more you should look like Jesus. 
Man, I mean, Kristen and I, we've, we've been married for 15 years, and you know that we can complete each other's sentences, or, or we can have a thought, and one person say something, like, oh my goodness, I was about to say the same thing. I mean, our kids act like us. They talk like us. Well, they, uh, if it's bad, they talk like Kristen. If it's good, they talk like me. And, and so, uh, but... But because we are around each other and we, we do the most life together in our home, right? And, and so, so we have this, this, this commonality and, and so they walk with us, they eat with us, they, they, uh, we sleep in the same house, we watch TV together, we play games together, right? We do a lot of things together. And so we're naturally going to act like each other. And the more we walk with Jesus and the more we spend time with Jesus, the more we should look like Jesus. You see, God doesn't change us to accept us. He accepts us to change us. Yeah, tweet that. Take a picture of that. God doesn't change us to accept us. He accepts us to change us. We find in, in the word Jesus said, come just as you are. Come just as you, you, you don't have to dress up to be here today. You don't have to put on a front. You ain't got to pretend like you got it all together. Man, we say it all the time. Like, you're jacked up. I'm jacked up. Come on, we're all jacked up. Like, you should hear us on the softball field on Thursdays. Like, like we're all jacked up, okay? Like, really jacked up. Like, like somebody, somebody was making fun of one of our teammates the other day. This was like a week or so ago. And I, I might have had to pipe up and, like, defend my teammate. I'm like, you better shut up. I was like, not, not, not in my house and not here on this field. Let's go. Like, we'll fight. I don't care. I'll mess you up in Jesus' name. Come on. He uh, doesn't change us to accept us. He accepts us to change us. It's the work of, this Holy, of the Holy Spirit that causes this change to happen in each of us. And so... This Samaritan woman realizes that she's talking to Jesus finally. She says, you know what? One day this Messiah, this man will be revealed. And then they were talking about where they worship and all this stuff. And, and Jesus says, the guy you're talking about, it's me. And I just, I just picture this, this, this woman going, oh. Like say, what? Like she's, she has this, the, the, realizing that she is now talking to Jesus. And the Bible says that she goes and she tells everyone that she has just met this man named Jesus. Hey, hey you will never believe the man I just met. I thought it was just a normal dude. I thought it was this Jew. I didn't know why I was talking to him. He was so weird. I was like, oh, get away from me. But, but he, was, he was talking to me. He was talking about water. And I didn't really get it at the moment. But then he finally let me know, hey, the guy you're talking about, it's me. It's Jesus. I'm here in the flesh. Let's go. And so she goes and tells everybody, you're never going to believe this. He told me to go get my husband, my booze hang. But, 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 but he already knew, like, like, he really wasn't, but he was. And, and I already had, like, like five others. And, and he already knew, like, he told me everything that I've already done. And he still talked to me. And he still loved me. And he still sat with me. And heard my hearts. This is why seeing people give their life to Jesus never gets old. We started this church just over a year ago. 
And we've had 118 people give their life to Jesus in just over a year. Come on, that's something to celebrate. I mean, that's amazing. One of the, one of the reasons we started, we, we, did a, a, we planted a church was because people are giving their life through a church plant faster and quicker than any other mode or method. We were like, hey, let's go after lost people. And we've had 118 men. That's amazing. I am stoked about that. And to see the new life in Christ that comes from that has been nothing short of amazing. When I look out across the crowd and I, and I see stories and I see, I see life changing, I see people that say, man, man, this past year has been the best year of my life, but I know God's got more for me. I see people, man, I never knew that I could be normal. I never knew I could walk into church and just be myself. I didn't know that, that, that people would really accept me for who I really am and, and some of my struggles, and, and I be, begin to be able to share those struggles with other people, and, and they still sit at the well with me and are able to go through life with me. And what's even more amazing is when they experience this new life or they experience this life change, it's amazing that they go and how they tell their friends and how they share Jesus with people. And, and, and yeah, maybe there, there's still some struggles and maybe there's some things in life that don't look just, just quite right up, up, to, up to par or up to standard that you may would say as a religious folk or, or a religious person, but, but, but they're, they're still walking with Jesus and they're trying to figure this thing out and hey, I don't have it all right, but there's a man named Jesus and he accepted me for who I was. Man, it's amazing. You see, Jesus went from somebody she had just heard about to somebody she had an encounter with. It was somebody she had just heard about. She just had heard the religious leaders and teachers talk about this man named Jesus. But it came from somebody that, that she just had heard about to somebody that was sitting right in front of her, somebody that was right next to her, somebody that she had this encounter with. It was no longer grandma's experience. It was no longer mama and daddy's relationship with Jesus and all of the things that they had said. And it was no more them dragging me to church. No longer was it something that the preacher had said or heard somebody else say. No, now it was an encounter with the living God and it happened to her and it happened to me. Now it's Jesus himself. I love this. Verse 13. We read this a second ago. Verse 13. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. She says this, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Give me this water. You know, for some of us, like the lady at the well, we've been, we've been drawing from, from different wells of, of life that have been leaving us empty and dry inside, still thirsty, still trying to find meaning in life and we drink from the well of insecurity and we live our life insecure 
afraid, bashful, not living out all who God's called us to be. We draw from the, the well of depression. And we'll stay depressed for years, not, not finding an answer to get through it. We draw from the well of hurt and doubts, pride, bitterness, envy, jealousy, lust. And we draw from this, you, you, you fill in the blank. We draw from these wells and they cloud our life. Prevent us from really making a difference and being all who God has called us to be. But the lady said, hey, Jesus, give me that water, that water that never runs dry. And so Jesus said, well, then, then you're gonna have to draw from that well and stop drawing from this other well. And so Jesus says, because when you draw from the living water, as you draw from the living water, it will fill you up. It will cleanse you from the inside out. It will take those things that are deep down inside of you and it will fill you to a point where you overflow. Where from, from the ashes, hope will arise. And what may have kept you down, the things that may have kept you back, you will begin to overflow in a newness of Christ, a new life in Christ. You will begin to know that who you are, that there's plans and a purpose for you, that God's got hope for you, that there's hope in his name is Jesus this morning. And then, then those things that once kept you back, they have now, they have now overflowed out of you and now there's living water and it never stops it overflows and God's got a plan for you this morning and you don't have to continue to draw from this well any longer no longer do you have to draw from depression and bitterness and hurt oh yeah it may be real and the emotions may be real and the feelings may be real but I want you to know that Jesus is at your well today saying, you don't even have to go far. I'm right here. I'm right here. And we need to go to this well of living water daily. Stop drawing from the wells that leave you dry and leave you empty. The relationships that keep failing you the people around you that keep hurting you, the people around you that, that keep disappointing you. Some of you have been hurt in the past from things that, you've, that you had no control over and you have been held prisoner in your own life. When somebody doesn't even know that they've hurt you, but you've, you've been drawing from this well of hurts, can I tell you, ma'am, let go today. Let go today because it's from this well that we, we find overflow. It's from this life that we, 
that we're able to go and tell others what Jesus has done for me. You wouldn't believe it. Man, I was, I, I was lost. I was bound. I was, I was addicted. I was, I was doing things I wasn't proud of. But there was a man named Jesus that stepped into my life when nobody else would. I would go and I was drawing from this well, this well that would leave me empty and would leave me dry. But Jesus showed up and I found that there was a better way. I found that, that his name is Jesus. And I don't have to go to this well any longer because it will never satisfy my thirst. But there's something inside of me that says, Jesus is the reason. He is the one that will do something in me that nobody else can. Now, I, I grew up, I grew up Pentecostal. Man, we, we, we'd be like, you know, hey, hey, give me a, uh, I don't want you to play the song, but give me A flat. We'd be like, yeah, give me a little low end though. There you go, all right. So we'd be like, we'd be like preaching, like, the Holy Ghost is moving, right? And and so we, we, we'd be like, mm, would you look what the Lord has done, right? And so, and so man, we would, we, we, we would crush that song. Like you have like Sister Vern over here and, and, and she get crazy, right? Like you, you knew what songs to play like to get her going because if you got her going, the rest of the church was like going crazy and you're like, man, worship kind of low today, but let's go ahead. This wasn't in the set list, but we're going to go ahead and play it. And so, and we're like, mm, I feel Jesus. You're like, bam. You're like, look what the Lord has done. And, and, and Sister Vern, she's, she's like, wow, right? And she's like, like kicking her heels off. Right, and you're like everybody talk, you know, getting down, and so, so I just, I just think it's amazing that if you've experienced a life change, why would you not want to go tell other people? Hey, I, I've drawn from the same well you have, homie, right? Let's find some common ground. I've been drawn from the same well you have. And it left me empty just like you're empty. Right? We found some common ground. And then we bring it real. But you don't have to stay that way. You don't have to continue to feel that way. So... So Jesus, his disciples, they come back from getting food. And it says this, picks up in verse 31. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Disciples are like, did somebody bring him food while we were gone? Did he order DoorDash? Like, like... What is, what is he talking about? Like he hasn't left. He's been here the whole time. Then Jesus explained in verse 34, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. Another version says, look around you. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Look around you. Look around you. You 
You don't have to go very far to find people that are hurting. You don't have to go very far to see people that are drawing from a well that is not satisfying. And you know what we do? We love them. And we sit at the edge of the well with them. I can't do that, Pastor Welby. Do you know what type of person that is? Do you know who they are? Doesn't matter. Jesus did. And we just sit on the edge of the well. And we love them. You know, when I, when I look at this card, I, I read Easter. There's so, as, as a believer, there's so much hope that comes from Easter. For some reason, people are more willing to say yes to coming to church or coming to Jesus during this time. There is not an easier time for you to invite somebody church there's not an easier time you don't you don't have to invite them to church just give them Jesus like whether they come here or not that's that's whatever but can we give them Jesus I think that's the thing everyone matters not their status not their background not where they live or what they drive, where they work, not everyone matters. The question is, is do they matter to you and do they matter to me? Because when you leave here, you're gonna come in contact with some people and you have to ask yourself, do they matter? Tomorrow when you go to work, you have to ask yourself, do they really matter to me? And if you're a believer and you follow Jesus, your answer should be yes. And if the answer is not yes, then that's okay. We just need to follow that up with a prayer that says, Jesus, do a work in me. I don't, I don't, I don't like this person. That's cool, but they still, they still matter, right? They still matter. Yeah. It still matter. This week, who who matters to you this week? Who is it that God's putting in your path? Who is it that God's laid on your hearts? We don't have to you don't have to wait to Easter to invite somebody to church. You don't, you don't have to wait to Easter to give somebody Jesus. Like, why not tomorrow? Right? I mean, if Enrique can lead some dude to Jesus at Home Depot a couple weeks ago, God can, God, God, God's gonna use you to do something somewhere else. Man, we're, we're, our group that plays softball, man, we, we pray at the end of our games. 
our, after our last game, we just huddle around and pray, like in public, you know? Guys are like half tanked and saying every word and connecting word that you didn't know you could do. And uh, it's amazing. And so, but, but we're like, hey, let's pray. Let's, let's, let's be more than just a group. Let's, let's carry each other's burdens. And um, what we find is, is that people really begin to care. Wow, you care enough about me that, that I can share this with you and you still love me. So I wanna pray for us. Lord, you've laid it on our hearts to be salt and light to this earth and so that we would be a church that people far from God can experience new life in Christ. God, as I look across this room, there are many, many people's lives that have been changed and people's families and destinies, eternities that have been changed because of the work that your Holy Spirit has done. I pray that in our own lives, God, everybody would matter. Not, not the people we'll never meet, but God, that the, the, the people we come in contact with on a daily basis, when we're at the grocery store or the gas station, or, God, that people would matter to us. That our heart would break for the things that break yours. Maybe you're here and you're, you've been drawing from the wrong well. You've been drawing from a well that leaves you empty and dry and leaves you constantly thirsty looking for more, only finding yourself empty time and time again. I want you to know that you don't have to continue to draw from that well any longer, but, but Jesus came so you could taste this living water that you can Enjoy this living water and it will never run dry and you'll never thirst again and, and he will satisfy your soul more than anybody else or any other thing can. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.